Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're going to be talking about a life of regret. And I'm telling you, regret is a horrible thing for people to experience. What's really more important is that we understand that there is a big difference between regret and remorse. You know, regret is shame and guilt. It's it's riddled with failure. It's riddled with all kinds of, I'm, I'm trapped in my life, trapped in a bad decision, and, and, and basically, it creates enormous amounts of stress and anxiety in people and depression and suicidality and all kinds of horrible things. So we have to be very careful to understand the price we pay for feeling regret and living within that and not moving from that. Remorse has an inherent value because remorse is much more about, I don't like what happened to me. I'd prefer something else happened different. But I've learned from it, and I can make it my testimony. And yes, I may have made my my life a little bit harder, but I'm also going to learn from it so that I can make my life a little bit easier down the road by learning from these experiences. We all have bumps and bruises in our life. We all have moments that are not healthy, not good, bad decisions, dumb things we do, getting drunk, getting drugs, whatever – and allowing ourselves to do stupid things or just having no common sense whatsoever. Some people just don't. And so we have to look at living a life with no regrets, maybe remorse, but no regrets. You know, it's important to follow that kind of a judgment. We can sometimes learn really important lessons by analyzing our behavior and our consequences. And, uh, you know, we have to look, what is a regret? Well, you know, it's a negative cognitive or emotional state of mind that involves blaming ourselves for a bad outcome, feeling a sense of loss or sorrow, what might have been, or wishing we could undo a previous choice that we made. You know, for young people in particular, regret, although painful to experience, can be a helpful emotion. The pain of regret can can result in refocusing and taking corrective action or pursuing a new path. You know, as young people, we are very susceptible to other people, uh, what they're doing. And we start looking at our friends and what they're doing. And basically what we end up doing is finding ourselves regretting what we did because it's not something that we normally would have done, but we felt that social pressure to impress our friends and allowed that to become a part of us. And so, you know, men and men and uh, uh, women also differ in the things that they regret. There's There's studies on gender differences that show increased value that women put on relationships and how women may have more difficulty disengaging attention from past relationships. So from a sense of of relationships, we're talking about meaningful uh, connections with others, and that is a meaningful thing for women to have. Uh, Many women are audio processors, and so they need each other to bounce their ideas off each other. Men are often ruminatives that are horrible listeners, and they tend to keep their ideas to themselves until they're ready to make a decision, and then they dump it on the women, and the women go nuts. Um, you know. But the bottom line 
is that, you know, romantic regrets versus uh, men, men don't regret uh, romantic relationships as much. They, uh, only uh, 19% of them actually experienced regret in one study, whereas 44% of women uh, experienced it in the same study. And, and that re result also reflects men's greater tendency to replace lost relationships quickly with new partners. And uh, those not currently in a relationship, perhaps understandably, uh, uh, more regret over the past ones. And so, you know, people uh, also research studies have compared the experience of regret in cultures such as the U.S., where individuals have more choice over their life's course compared to more uh, collectivist cultures where families have more control over an individual's life choices. And not surprisingly, regret is much more commonly experienced and reported a bit more positive aspects by people in the U.S. People in collectivist cultures, which de-emphasize individual choice, have less of a basis for blaming themselves for negative outcomes. They may feel as if they've had no other choice, so they may as well accept the situation and make the best of it. You know, other research has compared regret over different time periods. Over short time periods, people are more likely to regret actions taken and mistakes that are made, whereas over long time periods, they're more likely to regret actions that were not taken, such as missed opportunities for love or working too hard or not spending enough time with their family. You know, if we look at the value of, of regret, it, it can be favorable. It's just that we don't want to live in it. And that's important. We want to respond to it. We want to respond to regret with remorse. Very important for us to understand that if we want to live a healthy life. You know, um, Regret is one of the highest list of negative emotions. And so, you know, and, and, and there's functions that we need to have and we need to be healthy about it, such as making sense of the world, avoiding uh, uh, future negative behaviors, gaining insight, achieving social harmony, improving our ability to approach desired opportunities. That's stuff that we need to do. And that's why we need to have a healthy perspective on life. You know, regret can have damaging effects on the mind and the body when it turns into this rumination of continuously thinking and thinking and thinking and self-blame that keeps people from re-engaging re back into their life. And that, that pattern of repetitive, negative, self-focused, ruminative thinking is a characteristic of depression and may be the cause of the mental problem as well. And so, you know, if we think about it, chronic stress negative affecting hormonal uh, engagement and immune system functioning all get impacted by negative emotions. If you're going to lay regret into your life, it is going to have a, a physiological, biological effect on you as a person, on everything that you do, your sexuality, your engagement with other people, your, your, your understanding, your, your development of meaning, having meaningful relationships, all of that comes into play when you're going to uh, uh, start telling yourself the narrative of regret in your life and embrace it. You know, we have to be, we have to be resilient in this life. That is a requirement. And if you're going to live in regret, you're deciding not to be resilient. And that's why negative things come out of it. And people that live that way can find themselves always losing hope, always giving up, procrastinating, being depressed, being anxious, being fearful, 
We're not meant to live in fear. We're not meant to live in depression. We're not meant to live in, in regret. You know, if you were dropped in the middle of a jungle and had no other resources but yourself, you could not afford to live in regret. You would have to respond. You would have to be resilient. We cannot afford to be depressed. We cannot afford to be anxious. We need to be alive. And that is a critical thing in this life for all of us to understand. You have to be able to survive. We're not in control of everything. We live in a society, and that means other things come against us. Some other things come with us. Some other things just pass us by. But the bottom line is we're constantly having to adapt. And it's really important for us to understand that, that we as people need to be able to adapt to life. You know, change, we change all the time, you know, and, and so we don't want to say, you know, that uh, um, uh, I'm not like that or I don't like those things or I'm this or I'm that. The more you label yourself, the more you contain yourself and are not able to adapt to life. And so, you know, uh, uh, if we look down the, with the idea of coping with regret, that means that we uh, look at regret with all emotions, as all emotions, and has a function for survival. It's our brain's way of basically telling us to take another look at our choices. And that's our response. So a signal is all regret is. It's not a way of life. And so that signal that our actions may be leading to negative consequences. And regret is a major reason why addicts get into recovery. You know, if you get stuck blaming yourself or regretting past actions, this could turn into depression and damage your whole self-esteem. And so you want to find a way to forgive yourself. Let it go. You can think about what you would say to a loved one in the same situation, or you could say, hey, I'm going to make this my testimony. How I survived through this is going to say something about who I am. You know, consider the circumstances that may have made it more difficult to make good choices, you know, in, in that particular instance, or the fact that you had limited knowledge at the time. You know, study your intentions. The path to forgiveness is what or how got me to this position, what or how, analyze that, because that's the content. If you keep banging on the outcome, the bad outcome, you're going to find yourself living in regret. If you're just going to keep doing that, you will not move from regret. Regret will paralyze you. It's only a signal. It's not a way to live. And, you know, uh, you want to think about life as a journey. You know, we all are learning experientially. And so experientially is just like the scientific method. You know, we have to fail and then learn, fail and then learn, fail and then learn. That's what makes us resilient. You know, there can be opportunities to learn important lessons about yourself from things that don't go well. But if you're going to live in the word failure, that's a black and white thing. And failure has nowhere to go. And so if you're going to live your life, learn from failure and welcome it and be okay with it. And learn and learn and learn. It's like a lot of people want to live like a little kid who wants to be the expert, you know, at like, let's say baseball or something like that. They want to be the one that hits a home run the first time. No, that's not realistic. We learn based on our failures and we continue to take that and make our journey richer. You know, it, it, you can also use past regrets to decide how to take better care of yourself in the future. Well, you know, if you weigh, 
a hundred pounds more than you should get that a hundred pounds off and see what your life feels like. See what your body feels like. See, see how hard it is for you to function. It's a lot easier. And so regretting that your fat is not enough. You've got to respond to it and take a hold of it because this cavity is all you got to get you through life. You know, one of the most frequently experienced emotions is regret. And so feelings of regret stem from looking back on the past and decisions and believing that a better outcome may have occurred. And that's a perfectionistic strategy. Perfection is not in the cards for us as human beings. Even if we we thought that that something like the Hubble telescope would have been perfect and it wasn't when they shot it out there, but they had to fix it. But the bottom line is yeah, that may have been a great telescope. That was an incredible telescope, and it still is an incredible telescope. But now this new telescope is a million miles away and taking even greater pictures. So it, science evolves. We, we don't get perfect. We don't ever get perfect. And so we need to understand that if you want to live in a perfectionistic strategy, you're also embracing regret and failure as a way of life. You know, um, Education, career, romance, parenting, self-leisure, you know, all of these things are what we experience in life and they all come with experiences. So what we really have to understand is what is our motivator? What is motivating us? That's an important aspect of our life and it's an important thing for us to understand. When having regret, a person experiences emotional, cognitive, and even neurophysiological effects. And that comes with depression and anxiety, by the way. And it's often accompanied by other negative emotions such as guilt, disappointment, self-blame, frustration. In addition, people frequently engage in cognitive exercises trying to understand why they made a poor decision or acted as they did and what other choices could they have made to reap a better outcome. But regret activates certain areas of our cortex, of the brain. It's, it's, uh, it's the uh, uh, prefrontal part of our brain, and it affects those highways that deliver uh, uh, dopamine and serotonin and build those highways to make us intelligent because our executive functioning is the prefrontal cortex. And so, unfortunately, if you're going to be depressed and anxious, you're going to start turning those highways, those interstates, into back roads and alleys. And that's never a good thing because then we become cloudy and then we become sloppy and then we become negative focused and then we start making emotional decisions. And when we make emotional decisions, we are always going to second guess those decisions. And so people really need to understand how important it is to take care of our brain. You know, researchers differ as to what stimulates regret, but some argument, you know, that opportunity breeds regret, meaning that the regret is strongest under conditions when a corrective action exists. You know, uh, for example, many people experience regret over the extent of their education, yet the opportunity to rectify this uh, deficit remains open for most people. So it's available, but maybe they don't want to go after it because they're too old or maybe it's too hard or whatever. You know, if you're going to regret, why don't you take some action to fill the gap that you think needs to be filled? That's your journey. That's your life. Take it serious. It's very, very important. Also, excuses can be a little bit of help assuming the pain of regret. When when little to no opportunity exists to correct the person's bad decisions or behavior, uh, people may berate themselves for letting something pass that cannot be obtained later. 
You know, regret can can be an, an, an aversive emotion impacting life satisfaction. You know, think about it. If you, if you have a child and you do not spend time engaging with that child and developing that hard-earned relationship with them, you can't take that back after they grow up. You can't take it back. And so you lose it. And that's that's not a good thing for people. So if you're going to live in the regret, that's great. Fine. Then destroy your life that way or live in a response. Correct now. Correct now. Even if you think it's too late, go back and fix it. That's more important than sitting there and beating yourself up. You know, it's important for us to understand that we need to uh, uh, really come to grips with how adverse emotions impact us. And, and when regret is uh, confronted appropriately, it can have a positive effect. Once again, it's a signal. It's not a lifestyle. It's a signal. It means you need to make a new choice or you need to look at new options. That's all it is. And so, you know, we feel less pain, less remorse, rest, rest, less uh, self-condemnation. Uh, you know, if we can live that way, we can have a better life. Um, you know, we change our thoughts change the behavior that will lead to the desired outcome. And, and we want to learn from our mistakes and incorporate this into our uh, ex existence and our decisions and our actions. And we want to make sure that our decisions are logical and not emotional. Yes, we have to have a motivator from our emotions, but we also want to know that we did something logical. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time, or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. 
or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about a life of regret. You know, regret can be all-consuming, and it can destroy lives. And we can see it all around us, whether it is a person who can't forgive himself or herself for cheating on their first partner, or uh, someone's had a serious relationship for 30 years and then get divorced, or uh, a person who's tied up in, in wishing that they had a child with their ex-partner instead of breaking up with them, you know, and now they can't find that happiness with someone else. You know, the, the, it's not unusual for people to seek therapy, actually, because they feel plagued by regret or un, unable to live full lives because of it, whether it's over affairs, career choices, relationships, income, education. The kind of regret that brings people to this uh, area of, of therapy is is uh, is also paranoia and, and persecutory. You know, it, it, maybe they relate it to God. This is what God wants from me. I'm so terrible. I'm dreadful. I, I deserve this. You know, it's it's self-flagellation is what regret is, and it can be incredibly damaging to our mental health. It's exhausting. It, it sucks all the joy, all the fulfillment of our days, and it leaves us stuck always looking backwards, unable to move forward in our lives. You know, a lot of people say, I, I just want to be happy. Well, it, it's not happiness that you're looking for. Happiness is one emotion. What you really want to look for is joy. Joy comes from your spirit. Joy means you will always find a way to be resilient. And when people live in regret, they destroy their ability to overcome obstacles and barriers that get in our way. You, with a person who lives in regret, they don't learn to work with what they have. They look at what they lost and they stay there. And that causes so much uh, cognitive distancy in their brain. They just can't seem to come out of it. And, and because they just grab onto this regret and they make that their narrative of their whole life. You know, then we're entrapped in a cycle uh, and it's rigid, it's inflexible, and we only seem to be able to blame ourselves for what has happened rather than seeing our behavior in a wider context, understanding why we took the path we did based on the information we had at the time. And under these conditions, uh, regret's going to be toxic if you, if you hang on to it. And then you're not going to be somebody that people can necessarily relate to very well because you have so much negativity and you come from such a negative place. You know, strange that sounds, there's people for, for, that regret can become a safe haven because it can protect them from the pain of risks and the pain of making decisions and living their life and having relationships and moving forward. They stay paralyzed in the idea of having to be decisive because they don't want to regret anything, but they regret everything because they never move forward. You know, life is a leap of faith. We take one leap of faith at the other. We jump into relationships, we have children, we jump into jobs, we go to education, we buy a new car, buy a house. All these commitments are leaps of faith, and we have to embrace the idea that that is life, and that's how we learn. That's how we stay in the rhythm of life, is leaps of faith. But if you want to introduce fear into it and regret into your life, then what happens is if you make that your philosophy, you paralyze your life, you become extremely boring, 
extremely bored and extremely destructive um, simply because you're self-destructing. And a lot of people, this leads them down the road of suicidal ideation and even committing suicide. You know, it's important. You know, we do not want to be trapped. Uh, you know, rather than, you know, looking at our conditions of regret as becoming toxic, we have to take the cognitive uh, ability to change how we're seeing things. How can I get through this? How can I make it? You know, if we can shift towards focus, instead of focusing on what we did wrong, is focus on what our intention was. Did I have a good intention? Did I have a bad intention? What was it? Did it, having an affair, did I intend to hurt my partner? Yes or no? You know, that's an important thing for us to come to grips with is our intentions. People that attack outcomes are very narrow in their scope. They want you to feel regret. They want you to feel guilt and shame. They're manipulative. They're controlling. We want to get away from being that person, especially if you're going to parent. You've got to get into the what and the how, not the why, because people will lie to you when you ask them, why did you do that? Because that's motive-based and it's judgmental, and so people don't want to respond to that. It's a disrespectful question. But how and what are very, very important questions because they challenge the process of making the bad choice, and that has forgiveness underneath it. Very important to understand that. It also, you know, regret does not only uh, serve as a defense mechanism against the risk of loving or living or making leaps of faith, it also can serve a darker purpose. It can allow people to hide from deeper pain of remorse. You know, remorse involves insight into what one has done to others. And, and that is the beginning of becoming aware of how one behaves, wanting to do something different. It is a real breakthrough when people can begin to experience genuine remorse for what they've done, something authentic starts to happen. You know, what does it take to move from using regret as a stick in which we beat ourselves, experiencing remorse as a way better uh, towards our future? And so it's a shift from this inflexible mindset filled with certainties such as I absolutely have done this, I absolutely shouldn't have done that. And then the enemy of learning is to ask a question, I wonder why I didn't do that. This is what's important. I wonder why I didn't do that. Once you're occupying this more flexible frame of mind, it suggests imagining you're you're talking to a loved one, you know, even a child or a friend or a spouse, and they find some space of acceptance and compassion for yourself. And that's self-love. And 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 self-love is learning how to say no to things that hurt you. And, and there's also a tendency with regret to see the pathway you didn't take as inevitably better than the pathway you did. And so it may well be that. The, the, this other pathway would have indeed worked out better, but the point is, is that we cannot know for sure. And so as we experientially learn, we go, okay, that would have been a better path. Next time I'll go down that path. Or maybe we will redirect and go down that path. Maybe we will take a little extra time to make that happen. You know, it, it's an ability to, to accept yourself. To recognize this, that there was a wider context to your actions and to understand that you made decisions you made based on the values and information that you had at the time. And, and th that leads us to remorse and, and, and self-knowledge. 
you know, but you have to understand that you also had emotional reasons to make choices. You know, maybe it was to discover something that you wanted, or maybe you had your eye too focused on a certain outcome, and that outcome didn't work out the way you wanted it to. You know, if we get too hyper-focused, sometimes we lose touch with how much our emotions influence our decisions. The emotions are the fuel to make a decision. They are the motivator. They are not the way to make a choice. You know, for some people and for some regrets, uh, uh, the clients only sometimes need to come in for once to just get a different perspective in therapy on how they're thinking. You know, one of the things, you know, people try to do with these kinds of, 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 of people is help them develop an awareness of who they are and what they've done. You know, regret comes in a spectrum you know, at one end, there's regret for others. At the other, there is self-regret. And, and this is where many people start out. But some regret being, you know, caught or a lot of regret having been transferred to, you know, some kind of a, a, a place where we didn't want to go and, and then lose portions of our life due to that experience. We need to accept that experience as a part of our life. We cannot just sit there. If, if, if we did something bad and ended up, let's say, in jail or something like that, you need to make a life in jail now that you have limited choices, but you need to work with the choices that you have. If you sit in jail with regret, then you're going to live there miserably for year after year and time after time, day after day, whatever it is. It's going to go slowly with regret. It, you need to take that experience and learn from it. Learn how to have relationships. Learn how to be a safer person. Learn how to change your life. Learn how to adapt. These are important things that we all have to do. You know, we want to, to develop an awareness of who we are and what we've done. And we need to have a kind of meaningful regret for others. And that's a tremendous achievement, but it takes a long time for our mental capacity you know, to, to actually come to grips with how we teach others to forgive themselves and not live in regret. Do you really want your spouse to live in regret? Do you want your children to live in regret? No, you have to make the best of what you have. And I think living in COVID, through COVID, as we all have, and had to put up with the antics of our governments, I think really, in truth, uh, it's taught us some things. And so we don't want to regret this period of life that we've been through. We want to learn from what we have and maybe appreciate more of what we've lost. You know, it's impossible not to realize the danger of saying no regrets. You know, being able to feel regret, the kind of regret, that's great. That's an emotional response. It's an emotional uh, reaction, but it's not the response. We need to not live in our reactions. We need to live in our responses. Very, very, very important. You know, uh, it, it is dangerous for people to say, I regret nothing. You know, that means that uh, if you don't regret certain things, then guess what? You may not learn uh, the lessons that you need to learn as you go through life. And so it's very important. You know, regret is so self-focused. It's so narcissistic. It's so negative. And, and it's got, it, it, it's, it's something that's happened or been done by us. Maybe we've been judged. Maybe society has seen us as a certain kind of person. Maybe we've said certain things that we regret, but we move on. We move forward. That's important. 
You know, we can feel bad because we didn't do something or believe we should have or shouldn't have done something. But given regret involves acknowledging our role in our present circumstances and it also includes self-blame. You know, uh, we say regret something. It means that we disagree with our past decision making. Maybe we decide not to take an opportunity that would have benefited us. Or maybe we decided to break up with a romantic partner that we miss based on what we know our past decisions seem like the wrong ones. You know, the opposite of regret may involve a, a feeling of remorselessness or satisfaction uh, over having made what we believe to be the right decision. Maybe maybe the airplane we're supposed to get on crashes and we feel an overwhelming sense that decisions were made were correct or not correct. Maybe breaking up with your partner or quickly meeting another person. You know, we may have regret, you know, but the, the bottom line is to not have the degrees of regret that many people occupy themselves with, what that really, really, really means is that we do not make emotional decisions. That's the most important part of it. Do not make emotional decisions. Make logical choices fueled by emotion. Good choices. That means that we may take a second, you know, don't wait until the emotions pass before you make a decision. You know, car lot, you know, car salesmen are used to be totally into getting a person emotionally worked up to buy a vehicle. And it's all about how a person feels about the vehicle. And if you can get them in on that, people will make that impulsive decision and then they have to make their first payment and they have a lot of regret after that. You know, we can have all kinds of regret. Our career, uh, we may feel trapped in it because we have a family and responsibilities and bills and whatever us we'd have to do. We'd have to train ourselves or pay for education or pay for whatever to get us into a different career. Well, why don't you let your career buy you the opportunity to get to where you want to go? Why don't you let that buy you? a chance to do what you really, really, really are passionate about or what you feel purpose about. Also, romance. You know, we oftentimes have a, a, a lot of regret around romance with the wrong person, with some drug addict or somebody who's an alcoholic or somebody that has, a, you know, deviated sexual desires and strange things that they do, chains and whatever. You know, looking back on all that, it's also experiential learning. And so you've got to understand that some people need that experiential learning to understand where they fit in this life and what their needs are. Also, we sometimes we regret as parents. No, we are not entitled to be perfect. We're only entitled as parents to good enough. That's it in this human life. Good enough. Also, you know, sometimes we regret not self-improving, you know, or, or, or too much leisure activity with nothing really constructive that happens or something that really fills our soul, you know, or just sitting around doing nothing or looking always at our finances as if that's never enough or our family or our health or our friends or spirituality or community. If we're going to regret any of that by looking at it as not good enough, um, we're going to have a hard time wanting to engage in this life spiritually and emotionally. And so it's important, you know, opportunity breeds regret. The more opportunity one experiences, the greater chance of regret because you have to make choices. If opportunities are denied out of reach, we may experience anger or frustration, but not usually regret. 
you know, the situation is out of our hands. But when we're given opportunities that puts the ownership on us, it's up to us to take advantage of the opportunities or not. You know, there's a lot of research that speculates that this is the reason why education is something many people regret. We can always go back to school, so it's easy to regret not doing it. You know, some people are lazy or some people just don't want to do hard. Many people are just tied to the idea of being mediocre, and that's just good enough. Well, that's fine. It's, you can be mediocre at a lot of things, but you really need to do some things that you're an expert at if you really want to get through this life and make a, a decent living and, and create opportunities for yourself. We need to do hard to make our life easier. And what we are do hard, we do want to not have regret at that. We want to make sure that we are just adding tools to our life. Maybe you study to be a doctor, but then you decide you want to be a you know, a, a, a machinist or something like that. Well, that's fine. Go do that too. Go do it too. And maybe you'll, maybe you do both. Maybe you do a one, maybe you leave the doctor's thing behind, but you can always come back to it. You can always come back to it. And that's the beautiful thing. You know, we have regret when we fail to seize the moment. We don't spend enough time with our friends or our family. We have missed romantic opportunities. We rush into something too soon. You know, unwise romantic things that we do, all of that creates enormous amount of regret in our lives. We need to look back and go, it happened because it happened. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
you are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about a life of regret. Of course, regret was a pervasive emotion long before the COVID pandemic. But, you know, there's even a study that was found to be the second most frequently uh, mentioned emotion in everyday conversation especially after love, you know, romantic regrets tend to be the most common and they're centered on uh, social relationships in general are felt more strongly than uh, non-social ones. But, you know, lending credence to saying that nobody on their deathbed wishes they had spent more time working. And that, unfortunately, is what most people do. They will work, 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 but they forget to live, live, live. And we're here to live. And yes, work is fine, but we need to also live at the same time. Can you do both? Yeah, we can do both. We can live during our work. We can have relationships during our work. We can do all kinds of creative things during our work. We need to look at our life as a continuous journey that we are enjoying and that we want to bring joy to. And we want to be responsive to life. And we want to be aware that we're always evolving and changing. But people that paralyze themselves with regret lose the journey of life and only cope with life. And that unfortunately puts them into a very long, dry place of living. You know, studies have found that high level of regret is related to depression and anxiety, sleep problems, problem solving problems. You know, people feel a pang of regret action, uh, regretted action as I, you know, I wish I didn't do that. Or, or I wish I did do that, you know, and that comes with an intensity. And when people go, I should have done that, that lingers longer. You know, when looking back on life, we tend to, to, to most regret of not taking chances and opportunities that could have brought us closer to being the person that we wanted to be. You know, if you tend to get stuck on things you could have done better in the past, there's a, there's a lot of strategies to shift your focus to a better future. You know, regret is uncontrollable. We often try to mentally run away from it, but denial, distraction, suppression do not work for long, and pain returns with a vengeance. For example, drinking heavily each evening to drown out your guilt or going on a a pandemic vacation that led to your family getting the coronavirus will amplify regret in the long run. You know, first, try to acknowledge the full reality of what is regretted, including your role in it. As you open up to regret, you might notice different emotions coming to the surface. You know, try to identify what you're feeling. Name it. Tame it. Notice the body sensations associated with guilt, remorse, anger, sadness, shame. See if you can make space for them. You know, do you really want to invoke and put that virus of negativity into your life? If you want to increase... Uh, your emotional vocabulary, observe the feelings non-judgmentally with curiosity, letting them ebb and flow. I wonder why I'm feeling that way. This is an essence of mindfulness, and it's important for us to understand that mindfulness is what gives us a lot of intuition 
and a lot of confidence in our ability to make decisions in this life. You know, if you don't embrace your emotions, you are going to, uh, they're going to subconsciously find their way into your decision making. And that creates regret. You, you know, it, you, you can observe judgments that your mind is making about the feelings and the sensations. Allow both the emotions and the thoughts to be there without fighting them. You know, buy into them. Teach you that you can tolerate pain with when without identifying with it. You know, strength can be cultivated through vulnerability. You know, a prominent feature of regret, especially the kind that sticks around, is the rumination about all different ways you could have made a better decision or action. You know, this obsessing can turn guilt uh, into shame, and that's a, a belief that you're wrong or you're defective. You know, although guilt can motivate and rectifying a situation, shame invites wallowing in self-reapproach and self-criticism. And unfortunately, many believe that punishing yourself will lead to positive change, but nothing can be further from the truth. Research shows that self-compassion is related to the pursuit of important goals, lower procrastination, less fear of failure. Self-blame shuts down learning centers in the brain. You know, and, and and it hardens our heart and it isolates us and it doesn't make what happened okay, nor does it improve your future. Instead, remember that to be human is to make mistakes and you want to actively offer yourself forgiveness by, you know, whispering forgiven or putting a hand on your heart or examining your intentions. If that seems like, a, like a, a, something difficult to do. Uh, having an intention to forgive can be the start. In addition to engaging in whatever self-care routine works for you, like exercise or mediation, uh, meditation, spending time outdoors, you know, going to church, you know, speaking to your friends, other suggestions of fo fostering self-compassion include embrace yourself, asking yourself what you would say to a friend in a similar situation or trying to channel the emotions of someone who deeply cares about you. You could also reach out to loving people in your life and be vulnerable and talk about things that you felt regret for and remorse for. You know, if you accept reality and yourself, this allows you to face your responsibilities and take corrective action. And after you acknowledge what happened, own it, you know, do what needs to, to be doing. Uh, uh, seek forgiveness and move on. You know, your own uh, perjury of yourself, your own injury of yourself, you know, it's very important for you not to self-destruct. It's more important for you to choose to respond. If you made a bad financial decision or a relationship or education decisions, change it. Change it. Have the courage to change it. You know, uh, salvage what you can salvage and, and learn from it and go to a different place that's more healthy for you. Even if you can't do anything concrete to repair a situation, you can focus on behaving with integrity going forward. You know, if you're solely focused on past regrets, you're unable to be a loving, caring person now and contribute to the society in a way that we would like to all contribute. You know, this pandemic has brought extreme uncertainty, danger, and disruption of routines. You know, when you're scared, when you're, you're thinking and decision-making are affected by that, and, and then you become reactive and less deliberative. And, and we've all been in a constant state of fear for many, 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 many months of this COVID thing. And, and it, it, 
it's not surprising that our decision making was not at its best. So, you know, give yourself a break. Realize that what happened was a result of many factors and conditions we can't control. It's a factor of where we are in this life. And you did the best that you could at the moment with the information you had. You know, this all or nothing thinking, if you, you could protect my kids from getting depressed or having COVID or whatever, I'm a bad parent. No, you just do what you can. And when we catastrophize, that's, that's, that, that's, this mistake has doomed me forever. No, it hasn't doomed you forever. You're not nearly as important as you think you are. You know, we all are important, valuable people. But what's more important to understand is we also are all – we all fail at things in life, and we do not rise to the occasion all the time. You know, if, if we minimize the positives. You know, I forgot my, my, my spouse's birthday or whatever. Make it up. Make it up. Or if we fortune tell, you know, I should have known better, even what was impossible to predict what was coming, I should have known. No, if you didn't know, you didn't know. That's the way it is. Or if, or if maybe you suspected that could happen, but you didn't, you took the chance. Well, that's what we do. We take leaps of faith. We take chances. That's how we live our life. But it's really, it's more important about our learning experience. And, and, and it really provides us, regret provides us a signal that we need to learn and improve. That's you know, what can I learn from my experience? How do I better do this next time? Regret can reveal what matters to you the most and what kind of person you want to be. You know, for example, you wouldn't want to feel bad about not finishing your part of a project on time if you didn't care about your teammates and take pride in your work when you're not consumed by fighting uh, regret or self-critical judgments or rumination. You can learn a lot about yourself. It's important. You know, pro productive regret is a teacher. And you can learn how to turn failures into feedback. And that helps you improve your decisions and behaviors in the future. You learn to make good decisions by making bad decisions. That is life. That's how we live. That's why forgiveness is such an important aspect of who we really are as people. You know, real tragedy is when you don't find meaning in your mistakes. When you find gratitude for what you learned, growth happens. And that's an important thing to understand. The regrets that will trouble us the most are not the mistakes or errors we made, but rather the actions we failed to take once it happened. And so, you know, the, the, the ideal self is not always the self that we put forward. The ideal self is our ego. And sometimes our actions and our emotions and our thoughts do not match the ego, the person that we put forward to everyone else. Well, that's what being human is. There are other parts of you, and you need to be humble enough to embrace the good and the bad in yourself. And if we can do that, we can get through this life. But if you keep labeling yourself with negatives, you're going to surround your life with negative experiences and negative people and negative outcomes. If that's what you want to attract, that's what you will get. You know? There's there's domains like the actual self, who you currently are. Your ought self is who you think you, you should be based on your obligations and responsibility. And then your ideal self is who you could be or who you might dream of being. Well, embrace all of it. Embrace all of it and know that you're not there yet. We are on a journey. Life is a process. It's not about outcomes. It's about feeding the process with positives and good constructive decisions. 
And the more that we invest in that, and the more that we invest in integrity, which is what decisions you make when nobody's looking, the greater attractiveness and, and magneticness we have in our life. People that do not manage their integrity end up alone, either alone in a marriage, alone in a life, alone in a nursing home, alone, 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 because we get uglier as we get older, and ugly is not attractive, and it's not going to draw people to us, but integrity can draw people to us, especially if you match integrity with wisdom. That means a person that will make good, rational decisions and that is not afraid of life, not afraid of going through life. You know, you you want to you want to move through your hopes and dreams and desires for who we hope to be in the future, and we want to aspire to be financially successful, loved by our friends, well respected within our professional circle. However, if these aspirations are not achieved, the resultant feelings of regret can be long lasting. And so you really want to wonder, what am I measuring myself up against? And is that really what I'm capable of? Is that really who I, I want to be? You know, maybe we're not great with making friends. Maybe we're introverts. Maybe we like being by ourselves. But can we reach other people's lives by doing things that impact them in a positive way? Yes. That's why we have to do hard. You know, 20 uh, if, if you looked at uh, – there's a study that 24% of participants regretted the things that they ought to have done. 76 regretted things that they could have done but didn't. And the reason for that discrepancy is that action-related re regrets are easier to learn from, therefore turn to a growth opportunity. But really, our character is defined by our ability and how serious we are about making decisions and following through. That is where life really is, and that's where living really is. Regrets of past inaction do not give us the same uh, forward drive. If you decide not to apply for a veterinary school in your, in your younger years or spend your life filled with regret that you did not have a career uh, in a certain field, overcoming regret is harder task when you don't have any past action to learn from. You know, although regret can be difficult to bear, reassuringly, you know, a lot of people in our field in psychology have found that experience of regret can lead to positive outcomes if it's only considered a signal. All right. That's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You know, I love hearing from you and you can do that at uh, voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's absurd psychology now remember regret comes from making extroverted decisions while being emotional also fear is temporary regret is forever you also have to wonder how people who send uh, send life-changing texts when they're sober <laughs> wonder you have to wonder about those folks <laughs> also never regret anything that makes you smile thanks for listening that's our show for this week please join dr gary bell for another edition of absurd psychology next tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you